All right, how's everybody today? Are you guys good? Everybody doing good? All right, it's good to see you. Uh, we've been really on an adventure together over the course of this fall called Tangible Kingdom. And we've been learning how to live in and make tangible God's kingdom. It's been pretty cool. Uh, we've talked really um, about the core four. Think about the first four weeks of this course. That's the core four of the tangible kingdom. So if somebody says, what's the tangible kingdom about? The first four weeks lay that foundation. Missional, incarnational, the gospel, and community. Missional. God has a mission for your life. It's as unique as you. Wherever your feet go, that's your mission. As God sends you where you live, where you work, where you play, God has a mission for your life. Incarnational. It's a big word. If missional is how we go, incarnational, sorry, if missional is that we go, incarnational is how we go. And how do we go? We go in the way of Jesus, don't we? John 1.14, the word became flesh, dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. It says full of grace and truth. So we go in a way that enfleshes Jesus to the world so that the world sees Jesus in us, full of grace and truth. The gospel. The gospel is the good news that because of Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship with God. We can walk with God as we go through life. It's pretty cool. Changed my life. It's changed a lot of your lives. And it can change the lives of people we know and love. And then last one, community, which is just this idea that we were never meant to do this alone. And probably the best place for us to grow in our faith is in community. And that's why small groups are so important. So this is really what Tangible Kingdom is all about. You go, what's Tangible Kingdom all about? It's right there, core four. Now, Tangible Kingdom, that has the core four. But here at Hope, we actually have made that a core three. We call it up, in, and out. And long after Tangible Kingdom is done, we're still going to be talking about up in and out, which is really summarizes what Jesus has asked us to do. It's his transformation process for us. It is up, loving God. It's in, loving one another. That's community, right? And then it's out, loving our neighbors, which is that missional, incarnational. And right there in the center of that, that's the sweet spot. That's where the kingdom becomes tangible. When all three of those things are working together in your life, when it's working together in a community, in a church, the kingdom becomes tangible to the world because you have a group of people who look just like Jesus. They love God, love one another, love their neighbors. Well, let's go back to the core four. So we have just finished up week five. We're now moving into week six. And we all know what Tangible Kingdom's all about now. So here today, in the last week, we are now challenging you to make this real. And, and the question for every one of us today is, as we sit here is, am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to do what God is asking me to do? Am I going to say his yes to his purpose for my life? And we go, well, if I commit to this, it, it could change my life. And it, it could, if we commit to this, it could change our church. And so that's the tension of where we're at right now. And in our groups, we talked a little bit about that tension this week. And we go, man, we're, we're feeling the tension of saying yes to this. Or, or do we just say like Moses, oh, God, would you send somebody else? 
There are definitely times in my life I wanted to say that. So this is what tangible kingdom is all about. And today we're challenging you to live it out. To take what we've learned and to begin to follow Jesus Christ. You go, how do we make this real? And it really looks like this. It's about living out and inviting in. We live it out, we invite in. We live it out, we invite in. And it is this constant process of beginning to make this real. How do we do that? We start small, right? We pay attention to what God's doing in our life. Like the king has come. God's kingdom is breaking through. So we're paying attention. Okay, God, what are you doing in this relationship? We start living it out. And we begin to invite in. Take those steps of faith. Take a step out of our comfort zone. Because God is with you. And as you say yes to this adventure, you are going to experience the thrill of God working in your life. And that's the cool part of saying yes to making it real. But it's living it out and inviting it in. I love how we had Steve Obot up here last week. He challenged us to live this out. Are you going to take responsibility for the mission that God has given you? Challenge us to live it out. This week, we're on week six. And I want to invite you to begin inviting in. Have you ever been invited into something? Isn't that kind of a cool experience to get invited in? I like getting invited in. So, yeah, invite me to your parties. I enjoy that. Now, um, Angie and I lived in Boston for three years. And uh, I remember the first time my parents came to visit. And we wanted to show them around the city. I don't know if you've ever been to Boston, but one of the best ways to see the city is on the Freedom Trail. Anybody ever done the Freedom Trail? It's kind of a cool thing. You, this, it's the Freedom Trail is this path that goes through the city of Boston. And it's easy to follow because it's a red line that goes through the city on the sidewalks. It'll cross the street. You know, it's just this red line. And you follow it. It's about two and a half miles. It goes through the city. And it'll connect you to 16 different historical sites. So you get to see Paul Revere's house. You get to see the Old North Church where they put the light in. Um, one by land, two by sea. I think that's what they said, if I remember right. Um, you go see the old state house, um, side of the Boston Massacre, all that. So we did that with my family. And as we kind of finished up, I remember we were standing in downtown Boston. I was looking up at the buildings, and I thought, I wonder if there's a way to see Boston from the top of one of these tall skyscrapers. And so I, I just said kind of to my, my mom and my dad, I was like, I wonder if there's any way to get up to see one of these skyscrapers, you know, to see the city from the top. And there's a guy who was literally standing right next to us smoking a cigarette. And he goes, I have an office on the 34th floor. You want to come up? <laughs> Boy, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. So he puts out the cigarette and we follow him into one Boston place. We get in the elevator. We go up to the 34th floor. We step out of the elevator and we walk past the office of Robert Kraft. You guys know who that is? He's the owner of the Patriots. And you're like, did you take out, you know, eggs and like throw, you know, do you egg it? No, we didn't. I had no animosity at that time. (laughs) (laughs) So we walk past the office of Robert Kraft to the office right next door. It's this guy's office. And we go to the window and we just peer out over the city of Boston. One of the most spectacular sights I've ever seen. You can see all the way out to the harbor, or as they say it there, the the harbor. 
and I park your car, see the harbor. It was amazing, right? But that's the power of getting invited in. You see things you never would have seen before. You experience things you never would have experienced before. A few weeks ago, I shared my story of how I came to faith. And I talked about how there was a time in my life where it was the lowest of the lows. And God began to put friends in my life who were Christians. And they started to invite me in. Got invited to, to somebody's house, into their family. Got invited to a Bible study and then to church. And God used those invitations to change my life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You got invited in, right? And that's how you gave your life to Jesus Christ. It's my story. It's the story of many of you here today. It's the story of a guy named Zacchaeus. You guys know Zacchaeus? Some of you have a song, a little Zacchaeus song. I didn't grow up in church, so I, I don't know that song. Kind of sad, huh? No, teach me. Zacchaeus, who's Zacchaeus? He's probably the most unlikely person to be saved. And yet he was. He gave his life to Christ. Why? Because Jesus invited him in. And that's the power of an invitation. And as you think about people in your life who are very unlikely to give their life to Christ, you could start with a simple invitation. That's what I want to show you today. We're talking about inviting in. It's week six. So if you have your, your scripture, if you have your Bible, open it up to Luke 19. Read the story of Zacchaeus. You see the power of a simple invitation to change someone's life. Luke 19 is where we're at. Verses 1 through 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree, sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down and at once he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this. They began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Isn't that a beautiful story? We'll, we'll pray and we'll dive right in. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for each person that's here today. And God, I love that you're writing a story in our lives. And it's a, a good story. It's a story of redemption and transformation. And Father, I pray as we look at this story, as we spend time in your word... God, I ask that you would do a transformation in our hearts. I pray that you would help us, those of us who are on this journey, to take what we're learning and to make it real. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're talking about the story of Zacchaeus. And we all know someone in our life who's like Zacchaeus. Who's Zacchaeus? Who's this person we're talking about today? 
Well, Zacchaeus is only the most unlikely person to become a follower of Jesus, to become a Christian. And Luke tells his story here in Luke 19. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. So here's Zacchaeus. He's living in a town called Jericho. And he is a tax collector. He's a Jewish person who's working for the Romans collecting taxes. And it says that he is a chief tax collector. So Zacchaeus is a very powerful man. Uh, Now in those days, you didn't send your tax money to the government. It didn't come out of your paycheck. You didn't do a 1040 or, you know, estimated self-employment. There was none of that. There were tax collectors. And these men had the job in every city of going to people and taking the tax money. The problem was these people lied. And they would always take more than you owed. And they'd stick it in their back pocket. And so many people, these tax collectors, they grew rich by overtaxing people. And Zacchaeus was rich. He was a chief tax collector. He had taken a lot of extra money from a lot of people. How do you think people felt about Zacchaeus? Right? They hated him. Uh, You could say Zacchaeus didn't have many friends. He wasn't that popular. I mean, how do you feel about paying your taxes? Right? That's how people felt about Zacchaeus. They didn't like him. But it's interesting, because in this story, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. And isn't it amazing how people who were nothing like Jesus wanted to see Jesus? I love that. But he couldn't see Jesus. Why? He's short. Couldn't see over the crowd. Not short. (laughs) Fun-sized. There's a lot we can learn from our fun-sized friend, Zacchaeus. Because we all have Zacchaeuses in our life. And you might be thinking today of somebody who would be the most unlikely person. To say yes to Jesus. You may have people in your life who are far from God. You may have people in your life that are anti-God. Who are those people? We all have a Zacchaeus in our life. It might be a family member. Maybe it's uh, a grown child. Maybe it's somebody you're going to see at Thanksgiving. And you just think, I love this person to death. But I can never see them accepting Jesus Christ. Maybe you have someone you work with, a co-worker, they're mean, they're cruel, they're kind of a jerk, and you just go, ah, this person will never change. Maybe you know someone who's, who's lost. They're, they're lost in an addiction. They're lost in a bad relationship. They're lost in a divorce, whatever it is. And you just go, is there any hope? Maybe you have a, a friend like, like one of my friends, just a really good person who's living a comfortable life and has no idea how much they need Jesus Christ. We all have someone in our life who is a Zacchaeus. Who's the Zacchaeus in your life? Who are you praying for? Who's the one? The thing about Zacchaeus is he was short. He couldn't see over the crowd. There were obstacles in his life that were preventing him from seeing Jesus. And I think for a lot of the people we know, for a lot of our loved ones, there are obstacles 
that are in their life, they can't see Jesus because of obstacles. There are obstacles that are coming between them and a relationship with God. You know what I'm talking about? It could be an obstacle in their heart. It could be obstacles from culture, the crowd they're hanging around with. There are so many obstacles for people, even just to get a glimpse of who Jesus is, just like Zacchaeus. And so Zacchaeus needed help. He needed a tree. They were going, how, how can we help the Zacchaeuses in our life? Because God, the Holy Spirit is working in Zacchaeus's life, right? He just needs some help. So how can we help the Zacchaeuses God's put in our life? And this is what I saw as I read this story. Um, and as many of you are familiar with the story, I think Zacchaeus and the Zacchaeuses in our life really need two things. Zacchaeuses in our life need a tree and an invitation. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> Let's talk about the tree. So I really believe, just like Zacchaeus needed two things, he needed a tree and an invitation. I don't think it's that different for the Zacchaeuses in our life. They just need a tree and an invitation. When was the last time you were up in a tree? I was thinking about that. It's been a while for me. But uh, I was a youth pastor for many years in Colorado, and uh, we had a tree in our front yard. One day I woke up to this in my front yard. <laughs> yeah. Like, good morning. Wow. Turns out that's 14 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> if you're going to teepee somebody's house, that's a pretty good teepee job right there. So um, you don't clear out that much toilet paper without getting up in a tree. So I got up in that tree. I started clearing out the toilet paper. And there were kids in the neighborhood who started walking by. They thought it looked fun, so they asked if they could help. So some kids got up there with me in the tree. They just wanted to climb the tree. I don't know, when was the last time you were in a tree? Zacchaeus, to see Jesus, climbs up into a sycamore fig tree. Look at this story. I mean, this is crazy. Luke 19, 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So I have a picture of a sycamore fig tree. And uh, as you can see in this picture, this is a great climbing tree, right? It's got a big trunk. It's got these broad um, branches that spread out. They're strong. Um, they're, they're big leaves. And, and so they would plant these sycamore fig trees all along the road for no other reason than just to give people shade. Uh, but these are great trees for climbing. And some of you uh, have kids or some of you are here and, and, you know, you're in middle school. I mean, this is like nature's playground. I mean, there are a lot of kids right now who are like, I would love to get up and climb that tree. That is an awesome tree. So this sycamore fig tree would have been uh, not only a place where people could get shelter from the heat and provide some shade, but it's also a great tree to climb up so that you can see. And for Zacchaeus to see Jesus that day, because of the obstacles in front of him, Zacchaeus needed a tree. He needed to get above the crowd to see who Jesus was. And I think many of the Zacchaeuses in our life need a tree. 
They need tree time. They need time to consider Jesus, to see who he is. They need a place where they can go, where the kingdom can become tangible to them. And church, it is our job to build trees so people can see. The why behind the what of tangible kingdom these communities were forming is because people need trees so they can see. And we want to be a church that begins to build those trees to help people see. Because the Zacchaeus is in our life, I know one thing. They need some tree time to consider who Jesus is. They need tree time where the kingdom can become real, just like Zacchaeus did. What does a, a tree look like? How do you build a tree? I think for, for some of us, a tree, building a tree is when your whole small group goes to somebody's house and just says, how can we bless you? And they're going, why, why would you do that? You just say, because Jesus lives in me and he loves you. Right? When we go, we serve, we, we provide meals, we help clean somebody's yard, we're building a tree for someone to see. They begin to see Jesus in us. Next month is Christmas, right? We're already starting to think about it. Ready or not, Halloween's over, Christmas is coming. Many of our friends and loved ones would never come to a church on Sunday morning, but they will come to a Christmas Eve service. It's an opportunity to give some of the Zacchaeuses in our life a little time in the tree. We're building a tree. That's what Christmas Eve is about. We're building a tree so people can see. So who can you invite to come be a part of Christmas Eve service? What does it look like to build a tree? It's even just the relationships we build. It's loving people, being a friend, caring for people. We're creating branches that connect us to people in a way where they begin to see Jesus in us. We're making a tree so people can see I love what Hugh Halter says in the Tangible Kingdom Primer, which is our workbook for those of us who are going through the course. He kind of describes what this looks like. As I've done this um, with other people, I I had somebody say, Brian, you have me chasing my neighbors. I've heard that from some of you. You're like, I'm chasing. You're like, yeah, we're, we're beginning to see the kingdom move forward in our lives, which is so cool. But we do it by, by doing some of these simple things that Hugh Halter writes about. He says, when we see people outside, we go out to talk. We're creating a branch. When a block party invitation is given, we go or we host one. There's another branch. When the snows fall hard, we shovel everyone's sidewalk. Another branch. Branch. When a neighbor's child is in a school play or an athletic event, we show up to support them. We're the ones that bake holiday cookies for coworkers and neighbors. Guys, what are we doing? We're building a tree so people can see. We're creating branches that build relationships that allow people a vantage point from which to see the Jesus that we believe is alive. And so that's the why behind everything we're doing here. We're creating a tree for people to see. And then Hugh goes on to say, he says, when you do this, eventually you'll find that people start to move towards you and the inviting in process begins. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. He can't see 
obstacles in the way. So he climbs up the sycamore fig tree. He sees Jesus. Jesus comes. He stops at the bottom of the tree. And he invites Zacchaeus in. It's a beautiful story. Look at the next verse. Um, Luke 19, verse 5. When he reached the spot, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus invites Zacchaeus in. We're building trees. Zacchaeus need two things, a tree and an invitation. We build the trees, we invite people in. I was thinking this week, you know, as Steve last week challenged us to live out the tangible kingdom, I'm actually starting to ask now, this is really cool, I'm starting to ask, what if this works? Have you guys thought about that at all? Like, what if this works? What are we going to do? It's a great question, right? What if we actually start to build these relationships? What if we start serving people, opening up our homes? What if we begin to love people like Jesus loved people, bless people with no strings attached? What if this works? What do we do next? I was starting to think about that. Kind of happened to Angie and I a couple of months ago where we were investing in some friendships and suddenly like, it was like, whoa, this works. And it does. It's amazing how God uses those branches that we build. We go to the YMCA and our kids became friends with some other kids at the YMCA. Then Angie became friends with their moms. And then um, I got introduced to them and their husbands. And next thing you know, we're building these relationships. Just being available to people, right? For God to use you. Well, uh, it was August and we were planning to host our small group at our house. And we'd gotten all this food together, but it's August. So only four people from our small group could show up. And we're thinking... You know, maybe we just cancel this week. What are we going to do? Well, we were talking with these new friends at the YMCA, and I just said, hey, would you guys be interested? You want to come down to our house? We're having a barbecue this Friday night. And I just said, we're going to have some friends there. You want to come down and be a part of a barbecue? And they said yes. And so next thing we know, we've got some people. We've got our small group and friends from church and some people who would never, are just not ready to be a part of our church, all in the same barbecue. It's the inviting in process. And sometimes we're a little shocked, like, wow, this worked. And I was like, what? That's crazy, you know? Like, and God just put it together. And what I believe is I believe that as we do this, we're going to have all kinds of what I would call come down moments. Come down. Come down to our house. Come down um, to this party. Come down and serve with us. You know, I love, there's um, people are taking the Operation Christmas Child boxes. They're taking them to work and saying, hey, come down. We want to fill a box with us. That's very tangible kingdom. I love that. I don't know who started that, but that's so cool. We're saying, come down. Do you want to serve with us? Jesus stops at the, the, the bottom of a tree. He looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, you have seen. I would love you to come down. Come and have dinner with me. See, that's what our Zacchaeuses need. They just need two things. They need a tree. They need some tree time. We're going to build those trees. And they need a simple invitation. And, and these, my friends, are the moments that change someone's life. When I think about my story, this is how God brought me to himself. A tree and an invitation. It's the moment that changed Zacchaeus' life. Luke 19.5. 
When Jesus reached the spot, or excuse me, next verse. Yeah, Luke 19.5. Jesus issues the invitation. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once and welcomed him godly. Guys, this is Zacchaeus. He doesn't have many friends. He's not that popular. People aren't inviting him over to the house. But Jesus says, come down, come over. People saw this, but began to mutter, oh, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Can you believe that? They had no idea what God was doing in this person's life. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. I just think, isn't that amazing? The power of a simple friendship and an invitation. It changed Zacchaeus' life. He stood up, he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, which he had, (laughs) he goes, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation's come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And some of you are here today, and that's you. You're lost. Not so much from your family, not so much from your friends. You are lost from God. You are separated from God, and Jesus has come to seek you out. The story, Jesus is actually on his way to the cross. He goes out of his way to go to a little town called Jericho. Why would Jesus go out of his way to Jericho? Because I believe there was someone there named Zacchaeus. And Jesus knew his name. And Jesus knows, knows your name. And today Jesus wants to proclaim salvation over your life. If you will do what Zacchaeus did. And he said, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. These are the moments. Come on, these are the moments that change someone's life. Simply say, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I've seen you invited me in. I give my life to you. Church, we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of these moments, part of the God story. Jesus went out of his way to Jericho. And as we begin to live this out, it's going to be out of our way for our schedule. I'm telling you, it is. It's going to be out of our way financially. It's going to be out of our way relationally. But these are the moments That changed people's lives. Zacchaeus' need, two things, a tree and an invitation. And we want to be part of that. What if this works? Guys, we're going to see people coming to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it starts with an invitation. Zacchaeus, come down. If you want to come down, we'd love to have you come down. Today, some of you are You don't have a relationship with God. I'm saying, come down. Come say yes to Jesus. Let's throw some parties. Let's invite people to come down. Let's bless some people, no strings attached, and invite people. You want to come down. 
It's the power of a simple invitation. Let's pray. God, thanks for for teaching us how to love people the way that you love people. Thank you for coming into our life, coming into our story and inviting us to have a relationship with yourself. And I just pray that we wouldn't be lost on this journey. Thank you that you walked down our road. You came to the tree we were standing in. And you called us by name. You loved us that much. You went all the way to the cross to die on the cross for our sins. Rose from the dead to give us life, a relationship with you. God, show us those we can invite in. Come be a part of a kingdom that will never be shaken. We invite you in. Pray that our hearts would love people the way you've loved us, Jesus. Help us now as a church. Help us to make this real. We just got a couple weeks left, God. I just ask that our hearts would be stirred. Make this real for us personally. Make it real for us as a church. Help us to say yes to you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Would you stand with me?